0: Welcome to the Health Podcast, where we talk about everything health, lifestyle, and performance, amongst other things from the world of endurance sports, with me, your host, Coach Morg. Welcome to episode three of the uh, health podcast. So that's health lifestyle and performance podcast. And in previous couple of episodes in the first one, we talked about, um, our sort of 10 essential actions and bits like that last week was all about health and fitness tracking and things like that, particularly looking at heart rate variability. Um, but in the first episode, we outlined our 10 essential actions to living an endurance life. I won't go through those again now, Uh, go back and listen to uh, episode one, or uh, I think we did recap them in episode two as well, if you want to listen to those. Um, But one of the key ones on there was sleep, all right? So um, we're going to have a little bit of or I'm going to have a little bit of a ramble about sleep, Um, something that's really dear to my heart. Anybody who knows me will know that I'm uh, pretty good at sleeping, and uh, I think the uh, best phrase I've ever termed was Someone once told me that I was, uh, I could sleep on the back of a galloping hedgehog. It's probably the best way to put it. Um, so um, I'm pretty sure Beverly, my partner will say that I am uh, a bit of a master at getting uh, getting asleep in. Um, that said, it's not always been the case. Uh, I have been through uh, situations, uh, particularly when I was poly, uh, a number of years ago when, um, you know, very much linked to that was my sleep pattern was absolutely terrible. And um, so I've had the experience of both sides of it, you know, Uh, At the moment, I'm very, very pleased that my sleep is absolutely fabulous. Um, I've also faced challenges with my work, working very varied hours and things like that, which means that um, I sometimes struggle to get a a good pattern of sleep. Um, But also, uh, more importantly, when I was poorly like that, yeah, I really struggled to get quality sleep, which just exacerbated all the problems I was having uh, with stress and with, uh, you know, my uh, cardiac problems that I suffered. Uh, we'll probably talk about that in more detail my my medical history in a, in another episode. I might even uh, uh, make that a single an episode about my medical history and all that sort of stuff. It's quite uh, vast and extensive, um, but a lot to be learned from it. Um, so we're going to talk about sleep today, like this. And again, it is something very close to my heart. Um, one thing I've learned through all my years, as um, you know, in different jobs that I've done, um, in different careers, uh, but more so as a career. As a coach, is that sleep um, is one of the key factors that we need to make sure that we uh, um, not only um, you know helps us with uh, peak performance, um, longevity. Believe it or not, you know if you want to live longer and live a longer, happier life like that, sleep is really, really key to that. Um, but also other factors like you know um, things like weight loss. Um, you'd be surprised how much sleep can affect your ability. Your ability um, to lose weight, if that's one of your goals, now I know a lot of people do sort of go through that battle of trying to sort of um, lose weight and uh, um, you know keep the keep the pounds off like that. And it is a key factor that if you if you're not getting good quality, um, adequate sleep, and um, that's volume and quality of that sleep, is that actually you will always seem to struggle um, to shed the pounds. Um, if you're getting great sleep, you probably find that the pounds or your body will look after itself um, quite well. So achieve that one thing, uh, one of my favorite words is homeostasis, where the body um, tends to look after itself um, and it will, uh, you know, find its balance. But if you're not getting that sleep, um, it's going to it's gonna have a negative impact on, on those things. So um, key fact though, modern life, we don't tend to get enough sleep, unfortunately. And that's one of the key things. So, um, different factors affect it. I know personally, one of the things, um, you know, obviously we're in this current lockdown situation, so everything's online, which has been great for my sleep. But normally, when we're uh, running pool sessions and training sessions at different times of the day, you know, there's, there's instances where, you know, I might not. Um, uh, finish work or get home till sort of after 11 o'clock at night or get settled down or into bed even before midnight. But I could be then up the following morning really, really early for a, an early morning session. So, you know, very difficult to get that sort of consistency sometimes from, from, for myself. And that is one of the sort of the key, the key factors. Sleep is very much kind of like a time for recovery. And um, it's when the body really does, it's kind of, it's thing of sort of healing and um, hormones get released. Um, To sort of repair and strengthen the body, Um, you know, not alone, you know, human growth hormone Uh, is is one of those key hormones like that. That gets released during sleep, which helps the body repair. You know, it's a time of repair. Um, Your immune system kicks in whilst you're asleep, like that. So, you know, those white blood cells really sort of ramp up into into top gear and start sort of like fighting any infections or anything that's going on or anything that's trying to attack the body. A lot of that happens. Whilst we're asleep, um, and that's really sort of key at this moment in time. You know, we're all talking about um, COVID nineteen and things like that, and there's a lot of talk about immune systems and people with Im- compromised immune systems, whether that's illness or or whatever, um can uh, can really really have a problem with COVID nineteen, uh, and really really a lot of people who unfortunately passed away because of COVID nineteen are people who have that suppressed immune system now it's one thing having an illness um like cancer or something like that or you're going to get undergoing medical treatment like chemotherapy that will suppress your immune system that's one thing you know there's not much you can do about that if you're needing that to basically stay alive um but if you're living your life in a lifestyle and not getting enough sleep for whatever reason um you're not helping yourself is, is is the blunt way to put it um but again another thing with sleep is that you know it's a time when your brain is relaxed as well and it's a chance for the mind to sort of like relax and completely uh um um just reset itself and and really sort of like um, do a little bit of learning all that, all that information that you've gathered during the day can get sort of like stored into your memory again if you're not getting enough sleep that isn't really going to happen um so really really key is you know i can't stress enough that it's the time where your body is going to repair reset and get ready for the next day or whatever you've got lined up for it the following day and um, so getting that essential sleep is really really key We're going to talk through some bits about how sleep works and things like that during this podcast but we're also going to sort of talk about i'm going to give you sort of so of my top tips um of how to uh, really uh um, make sure that you get um a decent night's sleep um things that You know we've tried and things like that and things we've done nothing too complex or anything like that but you know there might be one or two things that you know you you might ask yourself the question yeah i'm not really particularly good at doing that or you know i do that and no wonder i'm not i'm struggling to get a decent night's sleep sort of thing so um again one of the some of the benefits there like strengthening body repairing all that kind of stuff immune system um going to work really really key obviously on the flip side of that um if if you're not getting decent sleep some of the negative effects are actually you know quite quite unbelievable really um going back to that original point about weight loss you know if you're someone who's like trying to you know shed that few extra pounds or you know like just wants to sort of um Trim up a little bit, um, you know. Not that we can get to the beach, but you know, if you wanted to get that beach body ready for the summer, um, or the, I think we should rename that. I think we'll call it the uh, the backyard body. Uh, that's all we can really uh, look forward to at the moment. Um, if you wanted to get that, is you know, if if you're not getting adequate sleep, it will affect the way that your body processes and stores carbohydrate. Particularly if you if you're taking it more carbohydrate than you need, like that, pretty much. Um, because a lack of sleep almost acts like a little bit of a um, a stressor, you're probably going to find that um, a lot of those calories and those carbohydrates, your body's going to go, right, you know, we're going to need this energy at some point and it's going to whack it all into storage, aka it's going to turn into fat and it's going to pile on where you don't want it. So you're not going to get that backyard body that we're talking about. Um, Link to that very much affects um you know your home you've altered your hormones that deal with um appetite and metabolism sort of thing like that so lack of sleep you know generally will make you more hungry so you'll become you'll become hungry um um and your metabolism like i say will probably operate more in a stress function so it actually looks to store um calories rather than actually uh, you know um sort of help you burn calories. So again, fat metabolism uh during a good night's sleep is you know that's where it happens. You know, if you if you want to metabolise fat. If, if you've say been out running and something like that and you've sort of depleted your muscles, I've been out and done a nice sort of nine miler run today like that. Yep, I've had something to eat, you know, i functioned, but um when I get in bed tonight, um as long as I have a really if I have a really good night's sleep, um my body will go into that process of going, oh you know Morgan's got a little bit of excess there, a little bit in storage. Um, actually, we'll use some of that and uh, grab a hold of it and start um, turning that into uh, recent size that into glycogen to restock my muscles and help everything grow and, and be stronger. And you know, I'd rather, I'd rather that excess, that little bit of spare tire, goes into uh, being turned into you know stronger muscles, a, a rejuvenated um, body, rather than actually. Uh, you know, if I'm having a terrible night's sleep and got lots of stresses and stuff like that, um my body sort of sticking even more into storage, that's not what I want. Um, seem to be doing all right with it at the moment, um, shedding a bit of weight um, during this lockdown period. I'm quite pleased with that. Again, we might have a little bit of a chat around that. Um, one of our guests, hopefully coming up in a couple of weeks, um, is a, a nutritionist who uh, will... Uh, Tell us all about it and how uh, I'm sure he'll probably link a lot of what he talks about to sleep and diet and things like that. How it can have a bigger impact on uh, uh, how you uh, you know you sleep. How it can have an impact on how your body uh, deals with that metabolism and uh, um, deals with uh, st- you know st- storing or not storing carbohydrate and uh, you know turning into fat and stuff like that. So another big thing and um, psychologically. Um, And again, one of our guests in the future hopefully is a psychologist. We're going to get on board. Um, It can have a massive impact on mood, concentration, you know, memory, uh, productivity, and things like that. You know, we talk about brain fog. I don't know if you. uh, I'm pretty sure everyone's experienced that moment where sort of go to work in the morning or just having a day where you've had a really bad night's sleep and just nothing goes right. Um, and that is a consequence of poor sleep like that if the brain hasn't had a chance to reset to rejuvenate to settle down to process all the information from the day before there's a good chance you're going you're to wake up with that sort of brain fog because you know poor sleep will impact on that um one thing it will do as well, poor sleep is increase your stress hormones. And um, so there's a hormone particularly called cortisol, uh, which is a stress hormone. And um, we talked a little bit about last week uh, on the podcast about fight and flight mode. That's where your body releases cortisol and, you know, um, pumps blood to where it needs to be to sort of like run away from something, to fight something or to concentrate on a stressful situation. Um, Obviously, a poor night's sleep will increase, um, you know, um, levels of uh, of cortisol, which is not a great thing. Uh, Not long-term. If if you're in a cycle of really, really bad sleep over an extended period of time, um, as we'll talk about in a minute, um, it can really sort of lead to some sort of very negative effects. And once you get in that cycle, actually, from a health perspective, it can be really, really detrimental. And again, my own personal experience of that. so stress all that comes into it long term that can lead to things like hypertension heart problems you know like a regular heartbeat that's something i've suffered from in the past and um, not a nice experience um it's not a nice experience having to have it reset i can tell you that if you want to uh, be on the wrong side of a defibrillator that's uh, a way to go about it and they're very much linked to poor sleep quality so obviously other things going on but it, you can sort of start seeing now when I'm talking about this, that you know, you know, you know, problems with, you know, um your diet, you know, sleep, not helping you metabolize food or, or, you know, lose weight. So you end up with weight gain and things like that. It's all leads into a bit of a cycle of, you know, regular heartbeat and that hypertension. It's all a bit of a downward spiral, let's be fair. Um linked to that again, compromised immune system. I mentioned it earlier on like that um it can lead to uh, your immune system uh sort of going on a downward trend that's the last thing you want again particularly in these times where uh there's things like COVID 19 sort of firing around so um again you know we talked about the food sort of thing gaining weight elephant in the room sexual dysfunction It's been linked to poor sleep patterns like that sort of thing um you know, um, it's not something we like to talk about, but it could be a consequence of, uh, of really, really poor sleep. Um, obviously, uh, we talked about um, longevity, premature aging. Could be a sign of it. So, you know, that old thing, it's one thing sort of getting up in the morning and saying, I've had a rubbish night's sleep and I've got bags under my eyes and things like that. But, um, you know, um, you know that is, that's a sign, you know, that you're looking old, premature aging, saggy skin bags under the eyes you know but you know it's one of those it's a bit of a joke isn't it don't worry someone will sell you a cream for that um so you can get him um, you know um don't have bags under your eyes you know um you know just put this cream on it'll tighten it all up um you know rather than buying the cream let's focus on having a good night's sleep and trying to get you know get get a decent night's sleep for whatever reason um and really really sort of going into sort of final bit of sort of negative effects of what can happen of uh, poor sleep is just talking about this downward spiral you know I've, I've reeled off this list of right terrible things that can happen if you don't get a good night's sleep again you know this is talking about if you if, if you're having poor sleep for prolonged periods of time um but you know think about um you know the long-term effects of all those things you know like obesity stress you know hypertension hormones like that you know we're talking heart disease certain types of cancer like that it's all going to contribute you know suppress your immune system you know it really is long-term poor trends of poor sleep is something if you are someone who's in that you're something you really need to look at and uh, have a think about and different things might be causing that poor sleep but there are certain things that Possibly you might be doing, or might not be aware of. Hopefully, we'll highlight on this um, on this podcast a little bit. Again, we're not going to go into too much detail. It's just a little bit of knowledge that we can share with you. Um, but might just help you. It might just trigger if you, if you are having poor sleep. You might be having great sleep, but it might just help you having better sleep. Um, so hopefully, it might just trigger something where you can actually sort of think about um, what might be causing any problems that you're having and stuff like that. So. So it's worth talking about what sleep is. Um, now, yep, yeah, we go to bed, close our eyes, wake up in the morning. Did no, it doesn't quite work like that. It's quite a complex thing, sleep, and there's been lots of studies about it. There's lots of information out there um about it. There's you know, like I think we do even have a national sleep council. Brilliant, you know what I mean? People who are looking into this, there's research done all the time um into into sleep. Um, and there's some really interesting stuff. Um, some stuff that sounds plainly obvious. Uh, when you think about it, but just modern life tends to us to be a little bit sloppy and we tend to sort of fall into the traps of uh, how we could, uh, you know, end up in this uh, poor sleep pattern. So um, there's different stages to sleep. That's the key thing. It's worth understanding that a little bit, the different stages of sleep. So, um, and the way sleep happens is that there's sort of different stages. I'm going to focus on sort of three key stages uh, that I like to think about, but it's not a case of you go into one stage, the next stage, the next stage, and then you wake up. Actually, these happen in cycles. So they do tend to run in a bit of a flow. So, and then, but what they'll do is they'll do that for a short period of time, probably around about 90 minutes is, is what the, generally people, uh, or the experts say it, la- uh, each cycle lasts, but you go into that cycle and then you come out of it and then you start again. So you, you basically through the night, you go through these sort of repeated through these different cycles. Now, one of the um, sort of simple stages, I think, is light sleep. So this can be broken down into more technical terms. They have what they call N1 and N2 sleep. And this is really where you're just relaxing in bed and you uh, you just uh, you're relax in bed and, um, you know, you start to fall asleep, start to drift off and things like that. Um, You then go into a bit of a sleep, but you could still be quite easily woken up by it. So it's that light sleeping, I like to call it. So that stage of light sleeping, that tends to be the first stage we have. Um, And that's just us falling asleep and the body sort of starting to reset itself. You might find the body temperature starts to drop a little bit um, during sleep. Um, That's one of the things, a sign that tends to indicate um, that you're starting to drop to sleep. Obviously, this is all done by, um, this this is hopefully you're feeling tired, certain hormones like melatonin are being released into your body. So you're starting to sort of drift off and things like that. And um, then we get what we tend to call deep sleep. That's kind of the next process that comes along. So we go from light sleep, and then we drift into deep sleep. Uh, and this is really where the restoration happens, the physical restoration of your body. So this is where the you know, um, muscles are repaired, you know, muscles grow, become stronger, um, your body Basically, starts repairing itself and really sort of um, doing the you know, um, you know, if you like to imagine the uh, your body as a, a little bit of a building site. This is where the workmen go to work and start really sort of uh, building everything back up and repairing any damage that you've done through any crazy sort of like runs that you've been on or something like that, or any training that you've done, things like that. You know, if if you're on one of Beverly's uh, one of Beverly's uh, training sessions and she's got you to do an exercise, got you doing the Sally squat challenge. Um, obviously after we've done that we need to uh, we need to repair that um those muscles so that during that deep sleep that's when that really really kicks in and you know they tend to think that you might you know the average adult probably needs around about one to one and a half hours in total throughout the night through the different cycles of um, of deep sleep so around about 15 to 20 percent of your total sleep time needs to be in deep sleep to get that body uh really sort of fired up now the technical term for that deep sleep is what they call n3 um so in light sleep we have n one sleep n2 sleep and then uh, in deep sleep we have this n3 where the repair happens now after we've spent a bit of time uh in that um in that deep sleep what then tends to happen is um we go into what we call rem sleep now some of you might have heard of this some of you might not so um, anyone a fan of the ban rem all right this is where their name comes from rapid eye movement is what the uh um uh what REM stands for. So the t- the term there is REM sleep. This is where the, everything to do with memory um, and the brain. This is where the brain function. And it's called REM because as you're asleep and you're got your eyes closed, actually so your eyes do tend to sort of move rapidly uh, behind your eyelids uh, whilst you're sleeping. And this is the point where everything that's happened the previous day, your body starts to really uh, uh, start processing that everything emotionally, um, anything you know you know memory and it's where you dream so you, something that might have happened to you the previous day and um, you or some sort of memory that had being triggered during the previous day might actually um um start this is where it gets processed so the classic one being is you know if you're um um if you've been watching a horror movie just before you go to bed you know there's a good chance you're going to dream uh, your body's going to start processing that imagery of that horror movie and you're going to have nightmares sort of thing you know that's that classic sort of thing. But another instance of this if anyone's got a dog uh, for example um, and your dog's asleep you know on on the floor or on the couch depending on where, where your dog sleeps and um, but you'll see this crazy thing they do where they start whimpering and they start like flicking the legs and, and moving the legs around and stuff like that that's basically a dog you know in wrapping eye movement sleep so they're basically dreaming about what they've done earlier in the day they might be chasing a rabbit they might be uh, uh, chasing a ball or doing something like that but they're just reliving that that dream is when you have a dream. So it's, it's your dream state. But it's really, really important is REM sleep, and um, for, you know, and um, processing all that information. And, um, and basically, it's important for, you know, learning and creativity. Um, and they reckon that the average you um, average adult should get around about one after two hours worth of this a night, again, not all in one hit, as cumulative through the different sort of cycles that you go through. Um again around about 20 to 25% of your total sleep. So you're probably looking your light sleep stages, around about 50% of your total sleep. Um your uh um your deep sleep around about sort of uh 15 to 20 percent, and then your REM sleep 20 to 25 percent. Now we talked last week about fitness tracking and tracking your sleep. Um, like I say, I'm a bit of a geek, I use things like this, like the aura ring, um get that over there, and um, which tracks my sleep pan. So it looks at things like um my heart rate, my heart rate variability whilst I'm asleep, tracks my movement and things like that. Um which can and using an algorithm it determines the quality of sleep out and it? it actually quite accurately detects you know the different states of sleep sort of thing. My Garmin does it as well. Um that has a sleep function on it. So again, if you're really interested in these different stages of sleep and whether you're getting enough of them, um, some of this technology that out there is absolutely brilliant, um, you know, um, and it will tell you how much you've got and if you've not had enough of each each sleep cycle. So you might have had a great bit of deep sleep and you've had a great loads of light sleep, but actually if you're not quite getting enough REM sleep, it's possibly a sign that something's not quite right there. Again, it's all about setting a baseline and sort of working out how you know once we've got that baseline can we make that better all right or you know do we need to be concerned because it's you know it, the scores are getting a little, little bit a little bit worse with it sort of thing so you can monitor this sort of thing there is um quite a few apps out there as well um on the uh on that you can get on your smartphone now I can't actually remember the name of it I'm actually just flip my phone up and here now and just see if I can get it because there was one that um I had a little bit of a play around with which was recommended by um uh one of the our uh, I might even have turn it off actually uh, to save some space on my phone but um I'll have to put it in the uh, show notes for that but basically uh one of our uh, uh athletes who trains with us one of and we also member of our crew down at the blue lagoon uh, Nick, um so a big hi to uh, Nick and Sophie I know they use this uh, there's an app um it's probably going to potentially pop up in the uh, things here in a minute in the uh, comments but um uh, this is an app that you set going whilst on your phone and put it on your pillow or next to your bed, and this app listens to you sleeping and actually determines your uh, um, sleep cycles by the way you breathe and the noises that you make, and it le- it'll also record your snoring. Uh, I think and that's why I had to go with it because I thought it was really interesting because I've always been told by my partner Beverly that um, I'm snoring, um, and I course naturally I don't believe it. me snow never like that so um I actually used it to record me snoring it is quite funny that when you pick it up in the morning and uh like this and it goes you've snored so many times through the night and each one's being recorded so you can listen to yourself back and maybe sympathize a little bit with your other half uh, because you do snow um so um there's lots of things out there we can actually monitor your sleep again it's technology there's algorithms behind it how accurate they are um is, you know, kind of a little bit of, um, you know, something you need to work out for yourself. But again, it comes back to that baseline. If you work out, establish what your normal pattern is, and then, right, my normal pattern is I'm not getting enough REM sleep or I'm not getting enough deep sleep or enough sleep in general, right? How do I improve that? And you can play around with different strategies to try and improve your uh, your sleep quality. Um, again, this is sleep is about a combination between quantity and the quality of your sleep sort of things so we need to get both those factors in there so um it's um there's different ways that we can sort of like improve our sleep quality now um one of the sort of key things i have got a little bit sort of like my sort of top tips here but one of the first things I want to talk about is uh, which is something I found particularly uh, beneficial is thinking about um, um how basically our bodies are designed to work through a bit of a rhythm um so basically um naturally um we're we're affected by light so best way to describe this is the best way to describe it is regards to sleep my sort of top tip will be to embrace the light and the dark all right now what i mean by that sounds like something of like star wars that night you know the dark side and the light side and all that sort of thing Um, but there's a thing called circadian rhythm all right and this is where our body really um, is governed by the rising of the sun and the setting of the sun now if you think about the natural world you know the birds start tweeting at first light they start roosting at last light sort of thing so it's a similar sort of thing you know we're still animals um but modern life has allowed us to over overrun that whereas you know, at one point in history, we didn't have electric lights or light, much lighting. So as the light dropped, you know, the, the light in which we were immersed dropped. But now we're obviously from society, we can just flick lights, light switch on, we can have as much light as we want. Now, one of the problems with that is, um, particularly blue light, which comes from things like computer screens, your phone, things like that. It, what it actually does is it actually... Um, um, suppresses the release of melatonin which is the um, hormone that basically makes you feel sleepy and, and puts you into sleep mode Um but as well as um uh, sort of, um stopping the release of that um it can also sort of like stimulate cortisol which is the stress hormone so you see where we're going here like that so rather than getting the hormones that are going to put you into this restoratively fantastic sleep you're actually kicking that out and you're actually risk of sort of really kicking, uh, kicking with some stress hormones. Uh, so the whole thing of, you know, as the light, you know, and summer times come in, so that means you can have a longer day. So what I would say is, you know, in the summertime, it's probably fair to say, less sleep, you know, and scientists have sort of studied this and kind of going, you know, what have less sleep in the summertime, because there's more uh, sunlight in the winter time, get more sleep sort of thing, uh, go to bed earlier. But again, life doesn't quite work like that. It doesn't matter whether it's summer or winter for me, I've still got swim sessions that finish, you know, 10 o'clock at night sort of thing. So I've still got to be there to do them. But one thing we can help to do that is try and avoid, uh, in the time leading up to going to sleep, avoid that blue light um, stimulation from phones. Now, if for any reason you've got to have your phone, or you've got to be at your computer late, and things like that, there are, um, functions that you can install on there so some of you might have heard i know i use apple devices so i use a mac computer i use um an iphone and there's a great function on there called night shift i'm pretty sure the other phones have a similar thing which basically takes the blue light out so your screen goes kind of like a a bit of a sort of amber sort of more of a sort of softer light hue to it and that helps a little bit that stops um your uh stops you um help you know, stop that effect of blue light, reducing your melatonin release, still dig- digital stimulation. So it's a little bit, a little bit uh, dodgy. So, um, but definitely, um, tr- when night sets in start trying to sort of drop the light levels down a little bit. I know one thing, um, very much we do, we don't watch too much television anyway, but even in the living room, we tend to just have low level lighting on warm, Uh, Glowing light, and you know, sort of more like the sort of like traditional lighting rather than actually, you know, like LED that real bright blue light because that's the the light that's going to really affect you. So, you know, be scared to sort of drop the light, low light levels a little bit um, in an evening and sort of embrace that sort of, you know, embrace the setting of the sun really. Um, But on the flip side of that, in a morning, embrace the light, um, you know. Don't be scared that if the sun comes up and is beaming through the window quite earlier than you probably want to get up or than you have to get up, it's going to wake you up. And that's a great way to wake up is waking up with lovely sunlight coming through the thing. The sunlight comes up, you know, your body's stimulated. Get up, you know, embrace it. Get up early, all right? You can always go to bed earlier, if need be, if, if you get the chance. But don't be scared to actually sort of, once that... Once that sunlight's flooding into the bedroom, get yourself up early. Now, there is um, some great stuff that you can do, um, some great things out there. There's some lights called Lumi. I had one of these quite a number of years ago, which um, obviously nowadays we just let the, the light flood into the bedroom and wake us up. So we tend to get up quite early at this time of year. But even in the winter months, a great way to wake yourself up is with one of these really natural um, light lamps. So it's a bit like an alarm clock. And basically, what'll happen is it'll basically just start. Um, uh start to glow and glow increase the glow like a sunrise um as you get up um, um and there's sort of round about you can set it at different times i think i used to have it set for 20 minutes before or you needed to get up and basically you know even without an alarm going off um by around about 15 20 minutes later from the time i set it to start working from i'd be wide awake a natural way of waking up so we're actually designed to wake up with uh natural light being the stimulus for that and um, like I say just like the birds um you know use you don't be scared to let that light dictate and again in winter um you know yeah you might need to be up before before it uh, gets light but certainly if, if you're someone who finds waking up with natural light really really beneficial that natural way of waking up um, certainly worth looking into those lights. I think, like to remember, the one I used to have was called a Lumi light. Like, again, I'll probably put a link in the uh, um, in the in the bottom in the bio below the, uh, the podcast. If anyone's interested in that, i have not got any uh, affiliations to Lumi or anything like that. So, but um, certainly, uh, I found one of those beneficial in the past um, to certainly help wake up. So again, brace brace the light in the dark. All right, don't be scared to, if you can. If it help, if if, if you've got the opportunity once the sun starts setting bring the light levels down and start um you start winding down for the night like that it certainly will help you get a better night's sleep let that natural release of melatonin kick in and um, again don't be scared to embrace that stimulation of uh, being woken up by the sunlight in the morning Um, you know trying to avoid it trying to bury yourself under the covers Um, you probably not benefit as much as actually just going you know what I'm gonna get up i'm gonna i'm awake now let's get out of bed and uh face the day sort of thing so um when it actually comes to the process of sleeping um so top tips from me really um number one is prepare prepare for sleep Uh, again just talked a little bit about this already you know relax and wind down all right before bed don't be sort of coming straight off something really really stressful like that you know um Again, difficulty training quite late. Those swimmers who swim here late on the night, you know, probably come in from the swimming pool really fired up like that sort of thing. But if you've got a chance to just wind down and just sort of settle down, even if it's just half an hour, 45 minutes before you actually sort of jump into bed, just let everything settle down. as part of that though, try not to eat too late. Again, those who are coming from uh, swimming quite late, I know a lot of you sort of want to eat after swimming because you're quite hungry, um, but try and think about what you're going to eat. Try not to um, eat anything too heavy because obviously that's going to create digestive stress. So it's basically your body's going to be sort of like distracted and, and try to focus on, focus on that. So light bites, you know, something nice and simple, something healthy, um, but something that's not going to put too much stress on your digestive system. Uh we'd certainly uh work those who swim with us at Tadcaster Swimming Bowl. So you know, wouldn't go be swimming by the local uh, kebab shop or anything like that on your way home from swimming like that. Just get home, have something nice and light. If you if you've got to eat just before bedtime, try and stretch out the amount of time before bedtime that you eat, but eat some try and eat something light and sensible. Again, we just talked about avoiding digital stimulation, you know. Um we, well, we've watched very little television anyway, but we don't have a TV in the bedroom. All right. If you can avoid it, don't take your phone into the bedroom or any sort of devices, your laptop or anything like that. Again, we're all a bit of a, you know, guilty of it every now and again like that. But you've got to bear in mind that digital stimulation just before you go to sleep is going to have an impact. Um, so all of this is really about, you probably do it, just be aware of the effect that you're gonna have, that it's gonna have. And if you are one of those people who does that, you know what, have a, let's have a little bit of an experiment. Let's have, you know, say, right, for the next five nights, I'm gonna put my phone down an hour before we go to bed. I'm not gonna look at it. I'm gonna do something different. I'm gonna read a book, all right? Now I find reading a book before bedtime, um, brilliant. Yeah, it's a bit of mental stimulation, but I find that it really, really sort of makes me sort of really want to drift off and i don't really you know i don't have to read much before i'm sort of going you know right i'm ready for sleep put the book down that might be there might be testament to what i read like that and i'm pretty sure uh some of you probably see some of the books i read I, i read a lot of factual books about history of nutrition and sport and stuff like that so it might be it might be what i'm reading but um those are the things i find interesting so um but reading just you know Part of the digital, the, the digital stimulation. Let's go analog. Let's get a book or something like that. And just re, even if you just read a page before you go to bed, just to sort of start winding down um, nice and steady and clearing the mind a little bit before you go to bed. Um, or whilst you're in bed, um, try to be consistent. So try and, and again, this comes back to the whole thing of late night swimming training and all that sort of stuff, work and all that sort of stuff. Try to be consistent with your bedtime what time you go to bed and be a little bit consistent with the time that you get up. Again, I've just talked about sort of like following the um, the circadian rhythm sort of thing. So again, if you can't sort of like go start going drift off to bed when you start the lights starts setting and you're not getting up with the light, just still try and keep a nice sort of like um a real nice sort of like consistency within the time that you go to bed and the time that you get up. And that'll all contribute to it. Um so I really really sort of struggle with and um, again you know some mornings I'm up crazy o'clock to uh, go swimming tri- coaching down the pool the following night of you know or late that evening I could be uh, still uh, coaching till late so I really really struggle with that and I know it does have an effect and that's why during lockdown I've had some amazing night's sleep um, and I've really noticed the difference because I've not been doing those sort of crazy shift patterns and stuff like that but that's the nature of my job but doesn't mean that I can't um, do my best to get a really, really good night's sleep. If I can't control the consistency, what else can I control? That's the thing that I look at. Um, may sound obvious, but try and avoid alcohol. All right. Um, I'm very fortunate again get very rarely drink, um, only sort of socially every now and again. But even that just glass of red wine in an evening is absolutely fine, but just make sure you try and have it a little bit earlier in the evening and give yourself space of time. Before you uh, go to bed, glass of red wine might be just enough to relax you a little bit and stuff like that. But because I'm saying, if you're necking a load of ale um, or uh, wine before you go to bed, it's really going to have an impact on your sleep. It might you might go, it'll knock me out and I'll have a an amazing. It might feel like you've had an amazing night's sleep because you've been unconscious due to the alcohol, but the quality of the sleep that you'll have uh, under the influence of alcohol will not be particularly good sort of thing. So just think, you know, something to consider. I'm pretty sure. I'm hoping a lot of people listening to this um, will not be uh, the kind of people who go out there and uh, slay a load of ale and then
1: uh, and then head
0: off straight to bed sort of thing. Um, Obviously, again, we'll probably talk about it when it comes to nutrition, you know, um, if your body's trying to clear all those, uh, um, all that alcohol out of your system, anything else you've eaten, that kebab on the way home from the pub, straight into storage final bit really want to talk about and this is kind of like the key um, thing for me that I found has been really, really beneficial um, is I like to call it creating a sleep sanctuary. Now these are really, really simple stuff. And again, might sound really, really obvious. But again, it's something to ask you a question Um create a room where it's just for sleeping. All right. Do I have your office desk in there as well? Don't have loads. Don't have a TV in there. All that's all, loads of sort of different stimulations and stuff like that. You know, there's nothing worse than a desk in the corner with a mountain work full of paperwork on that you've got to get through, and that's staring you in the face while you're trying to get to sleep and stuff like that. I'm not saying everyone does that, but I know I know people who do that who have you know. Have, maybe it's just necessity, but particularly in these times you when know, people working from home, but they've got the office staring at them at the end, other end of the room, sort of thing. So make sure that bedroom if possible just for sleeping that's all it's for it's not for watching tv in you know all right sleeping and whatever else you might choose to do in there uh, that's roughly linked to sleeping um but think about that environment that you're in you know actually it could be as simple as what color of decoration you got on the walls now um we had our bedroom decorated recently and um, really really chuffed got a nice green wall that we stare at from the bedroom green is an incredibly relaxing color um, it's actually got um, plants on it. I actually saw some wallpaper that was like amazing. This wallpaper, it was like, it could have been in the jungle. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, but I got voted out on it. Um, it was a 50-50 vote, but I still got told that um, apparently uh, um, I only have 49% of the vote. Um, but the, um, the, uh, the thing is it's green. It's got floral patterns on it. It's actually got some birds on it as well. It's quite funky wallpaper but it's an incredibly relaxing color and incredibly relaxing scene. I'm, I'm a bit of a outdoorsy type like that. You know, I've, uh, you know, this was the best night of sleep I've had. I was sort of camping out, you know, sleeping in the wilderness and all that sort of stuff. Um, gives me a little bit of a feel of that, gives me a little bit of a link to that and makes me feel really, really good. So that, you know, nice calming colors and things like that. Um, really, really sort of, uh, key to it. Um, ensure fresh airflow. now this is an interesting one um obviously the weather um in the uk is a little bit can be a little bit up and down but you know um a bit i'm a big fan of having the window a little bit open just to let a bit of air circulate but not obviously but even if you can't have the window open because it's noisy outside you might live near a main road or something like that um you know don't shut the bedroom door um you know one of the key things is whilst you're asleep, you're gonna be breathing out a lot of moist air and things like that. Um, you know, we we need fresh airflow. Uh, so don't be forget to leave the bedroom door open, allow the air from the rest of the house to flow through. Uh it might be that you can actually have a window part part open in another part of the house that's gonna allow some fresh air into the house and things like that. Um, to make sure that you know you've got that airflow through. There's nothing worse um than having that door shut and basically you're just pumping moisture um, as you breathe into in and out of that into that room like that and it's just gonna fester try and create an environment where you've got some airflow through the room really really will be beneficial and even if it's that a little bit of cooler air don't be scared to um, you know let a little bit of cooler air flow through because another thing is that a lot of people tend to have their bedrooms sort of them um, too warm so you know, it's one of those, oh, I'll go to bed you know, put the heating on, all that sort of stuff. You can be under a duvet. As long as you've got a reasonable duvet, you shouldn't get too, shouldn't get too cold. Um, now the sort of science behind it, you know, the general rule of thumb from sort of scientific studies is that you want a bedroom to around about 16 to 20 degrees. Now for me, I prefer that a little bit on the cooler side. Um, I generally don't have a problem with being uh, a little bit cool. Um, but again, if you've got decent bedding like that, you shouldn't really feel that, but it's going to allow, you know, you don't want that temperature too high. Um, because again, that's going to really sort of risk disturbing your sleep, particularly someone who does potentially, you know, different sort of people have different things going on, different ages and stuff like that. You might has hot flushes uh, on a night time like that. So having a slightly cooler atmosphere uh, will certainly help. So make sure before you go to bed that you turn that thermostat down um even if other people in the house are protesting that, you, that they think that hey, it's going to be too cold it's far better to have it a little bit cooler than a little bit too warm um a little bit linked to that obviously talking about having the window open for fresh air and stuff um and cooling sort of cool airflow. um is trying to avoid noise pollution now um noise pollution real real challenge and i've lived in places like tra- next to train lines and things like that Um obviously if you can't totally eliminate all the noise and stuff like that it might be that you've got the window shut and it's still noisy Um one thing you can do is use um, apps where you can get these, these sound cancelling where they have white noise uh, which basically cancels out any sort of like disturbance outside so if you live near a main road or something like that and um, that's a really really sort of um, great way to, uh, to sort of do it and again there's a lot of technology out there to help you get a decent night's sleep. Um, linked to that is light pollution now we're really really lucky um our bedroom looks over the backside of our house currently i say currently um there's no houses behind us um there's no street lights or anything like that it is completely um we can look out into the night sky and uh, it'd be completely pitch black the only light coming in there will be from uh light from the sort of moon and the stars so sort i of think it was absolutely brilliant it's fantastic so we can uh, when it's dark, it's dark. we don't. Sometimes you know, most nights we don't even actually close the curtains, but if you have got like a street light outside or something like that, the risk with light pollution, it will stop that melatonin release like that. And um, you can wear a face mask, but there is studies that say even, even your skin light on your skin will actually uh, stop that melatonin release as well. So, um, you know, if need be, you know, getting those sort of heavy drapes, you know, those light blocking um, blinds and things like that, you know, um, could be a real, real advantage. So you want your room to be relaxing, you want it to be cool, dark, quiet, sort of real, real sort of uh, sanctuary for you to uh, sleep into. The link to that as well. um, And I've sort of mentioned this before, when we talked to on on the first episode like that, don't be scared to sort of invest uh in your sleep sanctuary um and when i talk about investing in your sleep sanctuary um one of the big things is you know um what's the quality of your mattress like what are your pillows like all right you might have had them a while they might have been you know okay when you bought them are they getting a little bit ropey are they, are they struggling a little bit are they a bit old um you know my view is um you know we, we did when we in our bedroom up we went out and invested you know we bought a new bed and you know uh, bedroom furniture and all that sort of stuff New mattress Um but, but even before that um one of the things we had invested in was really really good quality pillows now i came home uh, some of you might already know this story i came home from shopping one day and it was very much off the back of doing some research on sleep and uh Listen to a couple of podcasts and stuff uh, of people I follow and some of my colleagues from the Primal Health Coach Institute out in America, Um, particularly Brad Kearns. Um, fantastic bloke. There's some fantastic podcasts about all crazy stuff about health and living. But one of the big ones, they mentioned this type of pillow uh, and it's called a, a Dunlop, Dunlop pillow. Dunlop pillow. Dunlop pillow. I think the way you pronounce it. So I'll put a link uh, down below. Um, but that... um. Those pillows, um, they're a latex pillow, sort of like a natural latex pillow. And I found somewhere that sold them. Um, For those who are local to where I am, uh, down at the Freeport, down at Junction 32 near Castleford, when it opens up again, Benson's for Beds, or any Benson's for Beds. I just mentioned that one because that's our local one. um, Do sell these double pillows, and they're absolutely fantastic. Um, And I came back from shopping with them, bought two, one for me, one for Bev like that and then being the thrifty person that she is was the first thing she questioned was that how much these cost now they were actually on a bit of an offer that had been reduced in price they should have been 100 pound each these pillows but actually reduced to 75 pounds now some of you might be out there listening to this going what 75 pound for a pillow you know you can pick them up on the market or you know other sort of chain places like for you know 15 20 quid or something like that sort of thing but my philosophy is, and uh, very much what I've learned and uh, from other people is that, you know, if you're going to spend a third of your life with your head resting on that pillow, all right, If you're going to get a good eight, nine, seven, eight, nine hours sleep a night, which is what the recommended is um, as an adult. If you're going to get that amount of sleep, right, that is easily, you know, doing that every night, that's a third of your life. You're going to be spending with your head on a pillow. On that, um, on that uh, uh, mattress, bed, in that room, in that environment, in that sanctuary, all right, that hopefully we're going to create. But, you know, is that if, if you're going to spend a 30 life there, think about the other things that you spend a third of your life doing, right? How much do you invest in them? You know, how much do you, how much do you pay for your car? You know, how much, you know, all these other things that you spend money on. But yet, the one time and one of the times that it has the most beneficial impact on your uh, on your health and well being is when you're in when you're asleep. So any amount, any penny that gets invested in that, in my view, is absolute a must. All right, it's a, it's a real, real investment. Again, I don't have any uh, affiliations with Benson or Benson or uh, Dunlop Pillow, but and there's lots of other makes and manufacturers out there, but making sure that when you come to do that rest and restoration as part of your sleep, making sure that you're maximizing it is really, really, really key. And again, if it means that you have to buy a little bit of technology that's going to help you with that, download an app for a couple of quid, you know, you could splash out on an aura ring or something or a Garmin that does that for you, or whether it's just buying some really, really comfy pillows, a nice, breathable, um duvet a comfy mattress again latex mattresses why I, I like personally um rather than memory foam all these different things the color of your wallpaper like that creating that environment that when you do get that chance to sleep and you know putting into action all those little bits and bats like making sure you're not eating too late not having too much blue light uh before bedtime that time you're spending asleep is absolutely maximized um, to help you restore. And I think, again, I, as I, you know, sort of finished off uh, the last podcast, ask yourself the question, you know, the things I've talked about today, are you doing those? Are you not? How good is your sleep quality? How would you rate it? Do you feel refreshed and ready for the day in the morning? If not, what can you do to try and make that better? All right. Again, whether it's through technology or whether it's just writing it down on a piece of paper, how much sleep you've had from the time you went to bed, to the time you got up and rating it from one out, you know, from one to 10, 10 being a great night's sleep, one being a really rubbish night's sleep, set that baseline and start experimenting, start experimenting with sleep. All right. And what things are going to make give you a better night's sleep I can promise you like that. It'll make a huge impact on your health and well-being, And ultimately, if we improve our health and well-being, right, through these lifestyle choices, that will lead to better performance, whether that's better performance on the, you know, um, out there doing a, a triathlon race or, you know, you know, your next running race, whatever it might be, or your next cycling challenge or swimming challenge, or whether it's just that you get up and you're performing better day to day, whether that's for your kids, for your boss, your partner, whoever, you're just a better human being for it so that's the end of this podcast i hope you enjoyed that again just me rambling hope um, i haven't sent too many of you to sleep and um, what i would say is keep an eye out uh, for the next podcast and um, again we're going to start bringing in some quite interesting guests some guests you might not sort of uh, really associate with this kind of thing um, but certainly people who can contribute to help you living a healthier lifestyle um, and uh, improving your performance so i hope you enjoyed that and uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. Take care.